Hello and welcome to The Rabbit Hole, the definitive developers podcast, living large in New York. I'm your host, Michael Nunez, and today we'll be talking about testing Tango, red-green refactor, and why it's important to follow those steps. In the last episode, I talked about the arrange, act, and assert, which is a way to structure your code when it comes to testing. And today, the red-green refactor will be more about the behaviors that one would have when you are writing tests. We'll go over red-green refactor. I imagine most of you know. And if you don't, then stick around, tune in, and we'll just dive right into it. So first thing, you know, I do find it really interesting, you know, that first red that we would write because different programming languages will give you a red in different ways. If you're writing in Java and you're creating a brand new function for the first time, when you write that test and you try to call this function, like your test will not even compile. It'll just complain. Like, hey, that function doesn't exist. What are you trying to do? Stop that. As opposed to like in JavaScript where you could call that function and, you know, you'll get undefined as not a function, right? Because it just doesn't exist. And then you would then write, you know, you would have to still type out the name of the function and then it will error out because you're probably returning null and then you have it return whatever the thing that you are expecting. You know, one thing to think about when you're writing tests, I think I learned this from a fellow colleague of mine, you know, that if you're unsure what to write the tests or what kind of tests you want to write, always try, you start with just like zero, one, many, right? And the idea being that like, oh, I want to find, you know, a list of user IDs and I have a function that will help me do that. That first test that you write could write a list that returns blank, a blank list, blank array list. You know, that'll get you to write the name of the function to call that function. You know, again, in Java, it'll just complain like, hey, could you instantiate that function, please? Okay, thanks. You know, JavaScript will let you run the test and have it fail, you know, because it's JavaScript and it's the Wild Wild West. But then you would, you know, have it return your zero or none expected outcome. And then, you know, you can write the next test that's like, okay, I expect it to return one, you know, user ID. Say, for example, you had a database that was looking up people and you wanted to figure out the age of someone. And it's like, oh, less than 25, right? And if you had one person who was under the age of 25, then that one person would appear. And you write that test. And then that will get you to a way that, you know, your previous test was green, you made a pass, but now your next test is failing. And if you try to, you know, hard code it with a user ID of that user you're expecting, then that first test will fail for sure. So always be mindful of that. You have zero and then one, and then you have now have two green tests, right? You have a situation where there, it would return nothing. And you have a situation where it returns one. And then the idea being that, you know, if this is a list and it can return many, as opposed it was, you know, there are multiple people under the age of 25, then you would have it return, you know, that particular criteria. And I imagine that, you know, in going through that exercise, you will write enough tests to ensure that like, hey, the name is good. You're calling the right function. It's doing what you expect it to do. So each one of those steps, I'll go back to, you know, pretend like we are back at the zero in this example. 
you know, you write that red test. Function doesn't exist. You write the function name. You have it return an empty list, right? Boom. Now your test is green. You know, the next question in the tango, if you will, is to refactor. But given that this is the first piece of code that you wrote, chances are you may not need to refactor. I will say that often people can, we've seen that in the workplace where people will add an additional step. So this is like the Tango Plus. I don't know. Tango is three steps, I believe. And I'll use bachata, for example. That's a Dominican style of dancing that requires four steps. So this is like the testing bachata episode, I guess. And the fourth thing that one would do is to actually make a commit, right? You you know, you know write your commit message that says, hey, implements this particular function when it does not have any records, for example. Boom, done. And I see that as a benefit and me personally trying to get into that habit of adding the commit every so often because we find ourselves like as we're iterating through writing another red test, then making it green. There's a point in time where you may have written a test and then like all of your other tests break when you try to make that one test pass. And it's always good to just, you know, get checkout dot right back to where you knew that it was working. And I imagine if you're not committing often, you know, you don't have that luxury. So you might need to, you know, command Z or use your IDE to remember a particular point in time in which you remember that things were working. So always save yourself and look into making commits. And I don't mean to switch up the tango to another dance here, but just keep that in mind. But the main three is definitely red, green, refactor. Going back to our example, you know, you write another test that finds one user and you do whatever lookup necessary to do that. Obviously, you're going to change the fact that it doesn't return an empty list, but that it looks up that particular person. And given that first test, it may not have any records in the database, so it should return nothing as the one that has one user will return one person. And then finally, you you know, in the many case, you will then ensure that you're iterating through a list, whether it's like a database list or whatnot, and be able to return those, the criteria of the test. I'm using user IDs as an example. Um, and always make sure, you know, you look at the test, see what could be refactored, what could change. You want to make sure you make changes, not to the business case but to the code itself so that it represents the same business logic, but not making it more readable and extensible, if you will. I don't think that like after every test, you need to you know, think really hard and break everything down, but definitely be mindful when it comes to doing those refactors and ensure that you are making commits after every refactor, because again, a refactor could lead to a point in time where things are broken, can't remember when it worked and, you know, command Z can help you, but that gets really annoying really fast. I think it's important to follow those steps of red, green refactor because you will only write the code that you need to write to make your function work, right? You're not being savvy and pulling other code in. And I have this one module that kind of does this and you bring it all over and it doesn't, it does everything right. And then some, and it's too bloated to understand the business case. So only writing the code that you need to write is 
part of the reason why rec green and refactor is important because you're just writing the tests necessary to make your test pass. And if there are any additional implementation, your tests should always be written so that it is read and then you make that implementation pass. Some people, again, after making it pass, will commit before they do the refactor. Again, I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. But I do think that maybe you can do a refactor, or rather, maybe you can do a commit after you've refactored, given that like you've answered and got that test to pass, so then you can do the refactor to make sure they all do. But if you find that like the refactor looks a little troublesome, just make the commit before and you can always amend it so that it, you know, your git history is clean. But, you know, use those times to commit to your advantage so that you're not having to sift through history and time finding out when was the best time that things were working. Yeah, I hope that this was useful in the idea of using Red Green Refactor. Please, please use this as often as possible as it will increase your code quality as you're writing the things necessary to make the user happy in that user story you're working on. Follow us now on Twitter at Radio Free Rabbit so we can keep the conversation going. Like what you hear? Give us a five-star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole. And never miss an episode. Subscribe now however you listen to your favorite podcast. On behalf of our producer extraordinaire, William Jeffries, and my amazing co-host, Dave Anderson, and me, your host, Michael Nunez, thanks for listening to The Rabbit Hole.